0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Good, good. Oh my goodness. Okay, so first and foremost, I just really have to be really honest. Um, So I am so completely excited that the sunshine is out. Does anybody else feel that way? Okay, so a couple days ago on Saturday, I think the sun was just like completely huge and low in the sky and it looked so beautiful. And I was just walking outside like is this what real life is like? This is amazing. This is absolutely fantastic. So from all of the vitamin D that I now have, because I mean, we were way vitamin D deficient for a while and I still have a little bit of PTSD from the snow that we (laughs) had to endure. I am completely excited to be here. So just as Lexi said, my name is Amy and I am absolutely thrilled to be able to be here tonight with you guys. And um, honestly, when Evan asked me to speak, I was going, oh my gosh, Evan trusts me that much? Are we serious right now? That's amazing. Okay, cool. So a little bit about me that you guys should know. I actually work here at the church and I am the student ministries admin assistant and I work with Evan. Um, and so if he asks you how tonight goes, you know, you could just be like, yeah, it went super well because he's my boss. So I would really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you and good night. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I absolutely love my job and one of my favorite things about my position is that I am passionate for people. I'm passionate to inspire hope and to see people fulfilled in their callings, to see promises given to people and for them to walk out in health and to start a giant healthy relationship with Jesus. And because of this church, I'm able to do those things. And so I'm just absolutely thrilled to be here with you guys tonight. So um, just before we jump in, one of the things that has been so heavily on my heart and even now as I was sitting in the back, just praying and asking the Lord, saying, Lord, like, what is it that you have in store for tonight? I felt like there was a heaviness on people's shoulders, that there was a heaviness because of the seasons that they've walked through, a season of struggle, a season of difficulty, a season of, of uncertainty, of maybe fear or anxiety or rejection. And I want to just stand here and contend on behalf of each of those people that are here tonight saying that God sees you that God is meeting you in your midst and that he has good plans in store for you. And I'm excited and thrilled to see the good things that God has for you. And right now I'm wearing a necklace that has hope on it. And honestly, the greatest thing about hope is that it inspires us to keep moving forward. And so this is something that I hold on to daily. And so I'm excited to see what God's going to say tonight. So before we jump in, is it okay if we just pray real quick? Yes? Awesome. Okay, let's go. Oh, Father God, I am in awe of how you work and how you breathe and how you move. God, that as the seasons change, God, you are able to change the seasons within our hearts too. God, you're able to make your sun rise on the darkest nights of the soul. And so, Father, I just thank you so much for the things that you're doing. And, Father, all I ask is that I would be an empty vessel to be filled up with you. And God, that tonight your spirit would be profound and that we would know and understand just a little bit more and become a little bit healthier because of the love and the grace that you have on our lives. And God, I know and I believe that you are able to do far more abundantly than all that I can ask for or pray for. So Father, I submit tonight to your will. I ask for you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So... One of the coolest things that I have been um, experiencing lately is um, God has been doing a lot of things in my heart, a lot of things, bringing a lot of past struggles, past hurts, past past things to the surface so that he's able to scrape them away. And one of the things that I was able to do um, in the midst of actually our giant snowstorm, um, I was able to go to California for uh, a Couple of days, which was absolutely the greatest thing. If you guys are here in February and you know you just need to go away, just go to Redding, California. It'll be awesome, and you'll be like, "Wow, this is what real life is like. This is perfect." And so I got to go to uh, Redding, California, to Bethel for a conference, and it was really cool because God actually worked profoundly in the midst of that and revealed some things to me about my heart because of the people I was with. And the people I was, I was with just loved Jesus so much and there was just so much going on in, in their lives and I just wanted so much to feel the hope that they had. But honestly, what kept on happening over and over and over again is I was so acutely aware of the doubt that I was feeling inside of my heart. And the coolest thing happened is while I was there, God was like, Amy, I love you and Amy, I'm gonna be faithful to you but I didn't fully understand that. And I felt like when I went to Bethel, I had to gather pages of a book to bring back here to read. And honestly, that is so true, that God has been faithfully walking alongside me and teaching me remarkable things along the way. And, and in the midst of my struggle, he's shown up powerfully. <clears throat> and so one of the coolest things that happened while I was at Bethel, um, God, the Lord actually gave me a picture in my head of me standing here right now. And I was going oh gosh, Lord, okay, this means I have to say yes to Evan. Dang it, shoot. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, Lord, let's go. So I jumped in both feet first and here I am. And God has just been so faithful along the way in preparation for this. And as I was thinking and as I was preparing about um, for the sermon tonight, uh, we are in a series called Wrestling with God. Wrestling with God. First of all, I just have to say, go, Evan. What a series title. I mean, seriously, sometimes I'm not so sure that Evan can do things, amazing things like that. So this is really good. This is just points for Evan. Go team. Go team. I'm sorry, Evan. I know you're here listening to listen to this. So <clears throat> um, <laughs> yes, and it's just awesome to hear the amazing things that God has been doing in this sermon series. And last week, um, Evan just jumped in with uh, talking about Isaac and about promises being fulfilled and that if God calls you to something, he's going to walk with you through that something. And as we um, listened to that, it just was so profound to hear that God is going to be faithful to us. And even half-hearted obedience is enough for God to use. And so this week, as I was um, preparing for this sermon, um, we are going to be jumping into Genesis 32, which talks about Jacob. Jacob, And the, the whole series that we're in right now is actually based around what happened with Jacob, and he literally wrestled with God. And that's what this whole thing is about. And so um, I just want to jump right in. So to set the scene of what everything is happening with Jacob, um, if you're not familiar with the story of Jacob and Esau, Jacob was the son of Isaac. Jacob and Esau were both sons of Isaac, and they were actually twins. And what ends up happening in Jacob's life is that um, Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup, I know, he's a real smart guy. And then what ends up happening is that Jacob goes into Isaac right before Isaac dies and asks to receive a blessing from him, but disguises himself as Esau. So where we're jumping in right now is Jacob ended up having to run away from Esau because Esau was furious. Does anybody have any like older brothers or sisters in here that you know, if you take something from them, you'll be in big trouble big trouble. Okay. That's exactly what happened. But Esau was actually legitimately going to kill Jacob, like actually going to kill him. I don't think I would have ever killed my younger siblings, but I mean, who knows? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And so in the midst of this um, strife between Esau, the last interaction that Jacob had with Esau was, Esau was like, I'm going to kill him and I'm going to kill him now. And so Jacob runs away. So then this this part of scripture that we're going to be going into, Jacob is away, and then God calls him to come back and return back to his family where Esau is at. And Jacob, because of his past, because of the things that he knew, because of the things that he did to his older brother, he goes, okay, well, this is going to be a difficult interaction This is gonna be difficult for me to walk into because the last interaction I had with my brother is he was furious. And you know what happened? In the midst of God saying, it's time to return, Jacob's past met his present. And all of a sudden he was unsure about his future. And you know what he did? He goes, okay, well, I want to follow. I want to see what God has in store for me. So he began to follow after God and goes, okay, well, then I'm going to have to go meet with Esau. Then I'm going to do my best. So he sent some servants to go and talk to Esau. And his servants come back and he goes, they go, all right. So, yeah, well, Esau's coming with 400 dudes. And you know, if you have wronged somebody and they're showing up with their posse, you are in big trouble, big trouble. And Jacob was like, oh, crap oh, crap, I'm in so much trouble. I'm in so much trouble. So then Jacob was like, okay, well, what, what do I need to do? What do, I need to, what do I need to think about? What do I need to, to feel right now? And all of a sudden, all those memories that happened 20 years ago came flooding back to his, the forefront of his mind, and he's being tormented. All that guilt, all that shame of him deceiving his brother, him deceiving his father, all came flooding back to the forefront. And doesn't that sound so familiar? that the things that we've buried deep in our past come all of a sudden rushing back to the front of our attention. So then Jacob, because he was so concerned, so afraid, he goes and he goes, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split up all my possessions because he was a wealthy man. He goes, I'm gonna split up my possessions in two camps. So we split them up and he goes, so if Esau attacks one of them, at least I'll have one left and it'll be fine, right? So then he goes and he does that again and he was like, oh, wait a minute. Right, okay, God called me into this. And he's like, so God, remember that time that you told me that I needed to go visit my brother Esau? Yeah, are you sure you're going to be faithful to me in this? Are you sure you're going to actually fulfill the promise that you have for me? Are you, are you positive? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And so he's trying to comfort himself, trying to go back to the places that he, he, he kind of knew. But honestly, throughout this entire piece of scripture, all Jacob could think about was what he had done his past was meeting his present and he wasn't so sure about his future anymore, even though he knew God was gonna be sovereign over all of it, even though he he knew up here that God was gonna be sovereign through all of it. And isn't that so similar with the things that we walk through, that we know the things that we've done, we know the places we've been, we know the people that we've wronged. And when those emotions, when those feelings come up Of course, we're gonna try and do everything in our power to get away from how we feel. Ultimately, Jacob was seeking comfort in everything that he did, everything that he did. So after Jacob split up his family into two camps and after he went back and was like, okay, remember what God said, right, cool. Then he ended up trying to send a bunch of goats and sheep and donkeys and stuff to Esau and was like, okay, I'm gonna try and pacify him. I'm going to try and and make sure that, okay, maybe if I give him a ton of gifts, then I'll be totally okay. Then I'll be totally good with him. Maybe he'll love me again, right? And you know, I feel like that's honestly exactly what I do with my fear. What fear am I trying to pacify by my own means? That's the question that kept on hitting me over and over again as I was thinking about this. As I was being tormented, as you being, you're being tormented by the things that weigh your heart down. I don't know what your walk is, but I think that each of us can confidently say that we've done something wrong in our past. And no matter how far we try to run or how, how hard we try and cover it up, no matter what we do, it ends up coming back to life. And whether we like it or not, our past comes and faces us or we're called to come and face it. And that's a dangerous and difficult place to be. So Jacob, as he's trying to figure out all of these different areas of his heart, going, okay, I am not okay. These thoughts, these, these feelings, all of these emotions are tormenting me because of what I've done. He comes to a place where he sends his whole, his whole family all of his camps away from him. And he's like, okay, all right, here we are, all alone, alone with his own thoughts, alone with his past. And then that's where we're jumping in. That's where we're going to jump in. So in um, verse 24, Genesis 32, verse 24 through 29, it says this, but Jacob stayed behind by himself and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. The man said, let me go. It's daybreak. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. The man said, what's your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, but no longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From from now on, it's Israel, God wrestler. You've wrestled with God and you've come through. Jacob asked, what's your name? The man said, why do you want to know my name? And then, right then and there, he blessed him. Jacob then named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and lived to tell the story. So first of all, just just out of you know, curiosity, I really wonder if Evan gave me this because he was like, I don't know, this is the weirdest trunk of scripture ever. So hopefully Amy can take care of it. I don't know. We're going to find out. Well, in your face, Evan, let's see, figure this out. So first off, the thing that, that I see that blatantly is obvious to me is the wrestling. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like a dude thing, but I just think that wrestling is the weirdest sport in the world. Okay. I mean, seriously, like just a bunch of two guys just rolling around on the floor. And I'm like, all right, good job. Is there a winner? I mean, what? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but wrestling is the worst, so we can just be confident in that. It's interesting to focus on this. Why in the world did God pick wrestling? Why did he do that? And honestly, I think that in our struggles, it's actually us wrestling with God. And the first thing that that popped out to me with this is God is more concerned with what we will learn through the wrestling than what we will get from the wrestling. In this story of God wrestling Jacob, so first of all, God went and pursued Jacob to wrestle him. He went and pursued him. Jacob didn't wrestle God. He just was kind of there. God was like, I will get this out of you. And so he wrestles him. It's the weirdest thing to think about because I'm going, gosh, Lord, what did you, what was the purpose behind this? Already Jacob was tormented. Why? And then God takes it a step further. And this part is just so weird. I don't understand this, but God puts his hip out of joint. First of all, ow. (laughs) Second of all, why? Third of all, I'm pretty sure Jacob just wanted some comfort. He just wanted to to know that God was faithful and to feel that in here. But God put it out of joint. So what was God trying to say through this? Could it be that Jacob needed to realize and understand that he could no longer act from what he could do? Because in Jacob's past, he did everything. He did everything in his power. He went and deceived his father to get that blessing. He ran away. He split his family into two camps when he was nervous. Then he went and tried to pacify his fear. Everything he did was based off of what he could do. So could it be that his hip being thrown out of place and the wrestling in general made him realize his complete and total utter weakness and dependency on God, that in his wrestling, he had to realize, I am not enough. So then what did Jacob do? From there, he clung to God. He kept on holding on to him. He kept on saying, I will not let you go. And similarly, I think this is exactly how it is with our struggles when we wrestle, when we deal with things that are going on inside of our hearts and our minds and dealing with stuff that's coming from our past, we hold on to the only thing that we can possibly hold on to any longer, and that's to God. So the next thing that, that God says is, Let me go. Day is breaking. What up? What's wrong with you? I think that these words are way deeper than we give them credit for. And this is something that I, that I realized as I, was, as I was processing through this. In the dark night of the soul, in the deepest places where we have felt fear, where we have stared our past in the face, God looks at Jacob and says, let me go because dawn is approaching. Light is coming. And it's easy for us to try and say that we know that, right? Up here in our brains, we know, okay, yeah, light is breaking. Like, it's going to be fine. God's got me, blah, 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 right? But often that journey to our hearts, it doesn't even compute. And our hearts don't even fully understand that God has got us. And our greatest desires will be fulfilled in him. It was as if God was saying, it's going to be fine. Let me go. But Jacob still clung. Jacob still clung. And, you know, I wondered why. And I think it was because he wanted more than just a blessing. He wanted to feel and to know from the very depths of his being that God was going to come through for him. So this is what God does, the next thing. Our identity determines our destiny. Our identity determines our destiny. So the next part in the story, God asked Jacob a question. What's your name? First of all, just how weird is that, you know? He's like, well, let go of me, weirdo. And Jacob's like, no, bless me. And he's like, well, what's your name? First of all, don't you think that they would have introduced themselves in the middle of the wrestling? Or is is that just a dude thing? That must be a dude thing. Let me wrestle you, but that's it. I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. (laughs) I'm just going to keep wrestling you. (laughs) Weird. I don't know. Okay, anyway. (laughs) God asks him, what's your name? Now, this is a super crucial part of this entire story, and it's because names have worth. Our names are the greatest tools and gifts and weapons we have possibly been given in our entire life. Our names are literally our identity. Just look at your driver's license. It's our, our, our identity. So God asks him, what's your name? Did you know that the name Jacob means deceiver? It means deceiver. So Jacob, this is what God is trying to get to. He's trying to get to the root of the issue, which is your past is now facing you in your present. Are you going to acknowledge it or shove it back in the closet? What are you gonna do with it? And so Jacob, clinging to God because his hip hurts and he's not sure how to stand up anymore, he goes, my name is Jacob. And for the first time, he acknowledged the fact the fact that he was the deceiver. He had wronged his brother and he had shoved it in a closet and ran away. I am broken. I am not enough. I am unloved. God knew that Jacob's name was what kept him from fulfilling the calling that God had on his life. All he wanted to do was just to have Jacob be bare in his humility and acknowledge what he had done, acknowledge what was going on. And then, this is the best part about this whole story, then God took a step into the mess and he said, No longer. You are no longer deceiver. Just those words. I think that that's exactly what Jacob was trying to find. The comfort that Jacob was trying to seek. Because he just wanted to know that his past didn't define his future anymore. He wanted to know that he could face it and that he could move forward confidently. Without fear. So God stepped into it and he said, I've redeemed that part of your past. You do not need to walk underneath that identity anymore. You are now Israel. You have wrestled with God and stuck with him even through your greatest trial, even through your greatest struggling, even through that moment where you feel like the dirt on the floor You have stuck with me and returned back to me and did what I asked you to do. Your name is now God-wrestler. You have prevailed. You have prevailed with God. God changed his identity. God changed from the inside out, from all the wrestling and the struggling. God changed him completely. Jacob would no longer act. From his, from his past life anymore. His past could no longer torment him. His past could no longer determine how his future was going to be because he faced it in his present. It was changed, radically changed. God completely redeemed every piece of that. Then Jacob does another weird thing where he says, so what's your name? What, who are you? What, who, what are you? And honestly, I think that that's the biggest part of this whole entire scripture is that Jacob, I think, is just testing out. He's going, so, so who are you? What's your name? What is this? Are we sure? And then God's like, why do you need to know my name? I think you know who I am. I think you understand that I'm going to come through for you because I'm right here right now and you won't let go of me. He was right here, right now. And so then Jacob took his first step into the calling that God had placed on him and suddenly realized, wow, I'm confident. Wow, I'm free. I I don't have to be tormented anymore. I, I don't have to be so afraid that my past is gonna come up and get me. I don't have to be afraid that God's not going to come through for me. That God loves me, that he has a plan for me. He knew all of a sudden that his faith was unshakable and that it would never be changed. That he could stake his claim in the promise of God and move powerfully forward into the future that he had called for him. He was had had a glorious hope. A glorious hope that inspired his faith because he knew that in the midst of his wrestling, in the midst of his struggling, in the midst of his desire to be fulfilled, to not be disappointed, he knew that God would come and meet him and would love him enough to wrestle with him, to discipline him, to be with him and go, are you going to deal with your past? Are you going to deal with that thing that's holding you back? And Jacob knew it was yes, yes. So the story hit pretty close to home because often I think that the story of Jacob is exactly what humanity is. It's constantly wrestling, constantly struggling. It's maybe one day is great and then the next day, not so great. One thing can turn your day into a tailspin. And for me, the thing that I wrestled with the most is that I just wanted to be fulfilled in God. And I didn't believe that God would be able to come through for me because I had been disappointed so many times in my past. And that disappointment was the loudest thing I could hear. That disappointment was, I'm not good enough. Rejection, that fear, anxiety. If my own parents can't be enough for me, And they disappoint me in their love, then how will I know that God will come through for me? And so then I try and pacify the things that torment me. I try and distract myself. I try and fill that void because of that icy dread that fills my stomach. What is it that you want from God? What is it that you want to be blessed in? What is it in your past that continually torments your future? What is it that you want to be released from, that you want to be set free from? Because ultimately, God wants us to go back to those places that haunt and torment us so that he can redeem them, so that he can restore them so that we don't ever have to question ever again where we come from, who we are, or where we're going. Ever again. So what is it that you want from God? And the best possible thing that I can even say to you is to keep wrestling because we are free to struggle, not struggling to be free. We have been set free into a glorious hope that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen? He is enough for us. He took the price that was on that cross so that we would be able to walk powerfully in the calling that God has on our lives. There is nothing and no one that will ever take that away from us, never. So keep struggling, keep wrestling, because God is after so much more, because He wants so much more for you. He has good things in store for you. So it's time for us to stand up in that and pursue God, pursue the things that He has in store. The story of Jacob and Esau comes to a beautiful ending. And in Genesis 33 4, it says, but Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. That is not an interaction of an angry brother. That is a deeply personal, intimate love that can only come between siblings. And no matter the wrong that Jacob did against Esau, he was set free from it, and there was restoration there was healing, and there was redemption. So right now I want everybody to stand up. Stand up really quick. I think that we all have had to come to face a lot of what we've dealt with in our pasts. We've come to face the things that we've done wrong. And so right now is a time to release and to receive, just like Jacob He had to release his greatest fear and his past to receive the calling, to receive the blessing that God had for him. So what we're gonna do is I want everybody to hold open your hands like this, if you feel comfortable. And what this stands for, it's a physical way of saying, I am going to release whatever it is that plagues me, whatever it is that's in my past. And I'm gonna receive what God has in store for me. I'm gonna receive that. So keep your hands open and and I'm just gonna pray over everyone, okay? Father God, we come and stand here and acknowledge that you are enough for us. And so Father, we stand with our hands open wide, acknowledging all of the things that we have placed our identity and our fear in. So Father, I ask that you would release us from that and we give that over to you. And Father, I ask that we would receive the new name, the new identity, the new promise, the new calling that you so greatly want to give to us. And Father, we receive these things in the name of Jesus. We say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So tonight, guys, um, we're going to have a couple leaders come on up and stand up here. And so I just want to create space for anyone if they need to come and process, if they need prayer for something, if they need to just praise the Lord, whatever it is, we're going to have leaders up here to come and, and pray for you. Thanks, guys.